0: when you follow God's word and his path your heart and your spirit resonate with the rejoicing of the heart with the enlightening of the eyes you see and it brings satisfaction to your soul it it causes you to be spurred on to what God has for you only produced by the Holy Spirit of God through his word
1: Hi, loved ones, and welcome back to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and joining me, as always, is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And you've joined us in the middle of a series entitled, God Speaks. We're looking at the deep truths of God's word. Previously, we've seen God speaking through his creation. And today, as we move along in the psalm, we're looking at how God speaks to us so powerfully, so wonderfully through his word. Isn't that right, Robbie? I love how God's word speaks about God's word
0: Itself, that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. And just a word to our listeners today too if you desire to express the gratitude to the Lord of what He's done and speaking to you through His Word and even through this program, we always want to make sure you know we'd love to hear from you phone, email, writing in traditionally on paper, as we still tend to do sometimes. We just love to hear from you about how God's Word is impacting your heart. So there's a lot of expectancy with this series because God is speaking, and I pray that we are listening. May he use it to empower,
1: strengthen, and transform our lives today here at Live in the Light. All right, and loved ones, if you would like to reach out, we'd love to hear from you. As Robbie said, you can get a hold of us at our website at liveinthelight, that's L-I-G-H-T dot C-A, or you can phone us up at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 44, 48. All right, well, God is speaking to us today, speaking directly to us, and he's using Psalm 19. Let's go there right now, and here again is Robbie.
0: Can we all just get along? No, we can't. We can't if truth is being discarded and people start messing with the wisdom and the fear of the Lord. And listen, you and I, again, the, the test is here and the test will come. Do we trust that God's word is sure? even in the face of the pressure of culture and the persecution that will come, that will come. We're all going to be tested, man. We're going to see what happens. This is when our doctrine must be so strong and our love and humility must be there as well to say, Lord, I'm staying with you and I'll seek the love in the process. God speaking, loved ones, I wonder if we're listening. Look at verse eight. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes so the law of the Lord, the word of God here is described as right and as pure. The word right means um, straight. The precepts of the Lord are right. They are straight. So that means that God's word leads us on a path that is never crooked. God's word will never take us down a wrong way street. Man, how did I get here? I, I shouldn't be here. This is wrong. God's word will never lead us to a dead end destination. Now, 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 let's be clear. Sometimes God's path in his word will be bumpy. Sometimes it'll be an uphill climb. It will not always be easy. Can I get an amen? Life is going to be hard in Christ, but life will be awesome in Jesus Christ if we allow his strength to carry us on that path, but it'll never be crooked and it will never lead us to a place of of ultimate harm. Ultimate harm. God's word is right. It is straight. It is correct. And notice the result of believing this to be true. I love this. God's word rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. I love these phrases. Rejoicing the heart, enlightening the eyes. I resonate with this so strongly because it's the fruit of God through his word that cannot be equaled. When you follow God's word and his path, your heart and your spirit resonate with the rejoicing of the heart, with the enlightening of the eyes. You see And it brings satisfaction to your soul. It it causes you to be spurred on to what God has for you, only produced by the Holy Spirit of God through his word. For example, this week, and this is just one example of uh, anywhere in God's word. I was in Psalm Psalm 17, verse 15. And this is what I read this week and says, as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. Now I read that and this is probably speaking of return of Christ and e- eternal things, but it's the already and not yet. It's, it's going to be, but it can be held today too. And certainly I read that this week. And as for me, I will behold your face in righteousness. And like that is the place of utter beauty and joy. There's nothing greater. There's nothing I want more. There's, there's no hobby in this life. There's no amount of money that can buy. There's no pursuit of a certain pleasure that can rival beholding the face of my God. And, and saying, and then I read this, and when I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Now, when I see the word satisfied in the Bible, I'm like, circle, underline, squiggly arrows pointing to it, satisfied. Why? Because every day I'm in a battle for what actually satisfies. Every day Satan's trying to lure me away to things that say they satisfy, but they don't. Every day my flesh is longing to pursue pleasures that are lies, that are empty, that are worthless, but they look good from the outside, but you get there and you're so disappointed. So when I see satisfied, I shall be satisfied. What happens? I believe it in my heart. I testify with the Spirit of God, with my spirit that jesus christ is the only one who truly satisfies it's his likeness that brings joy and satisfaction to my heart this is one verse from god's word where as i read it the precepts of the lord are right they rejoice my heart the commandment of the lord it's pure and enlightens my eyes you see what happens one verse one opportunity sitting there by myself and god has spoken and i am changed this is what occurs through the law of the lord that is perfect it revives our souls and you're telling me that the word has to be or put down and we're not going to engage it again, again. If there's one thing I'm trying to convince you of today through God's word is you cannot live the Christian life apart from the voice of God. And the voice of God is found ultimately in the word of God. And it's for your greatest joy and for God's greatest glory and for our greatest benefit that our hearts would rejoice, that our eyes would be open, that our lives would be satisfied in the only one who truly Satisfied, Verse nine, the fear of the Lord is clean enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. I did not see this before this week. I did not know this, but the, the phrase, the fear of the Lord is David's another expression for the law of the Lord, for the word of God. And what he's doing here, I love this. He's instantly connecting reverence for the Lord, ready? With the faithfulness of God's word. Because it's all embedded here within the law of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is another phrase for the law of the Lord, for the word of God. But what he's doing here is there must be a reverence for God and honor for him with a faithfulness for the word of God as well. That's so fantastic. So if you're going to truly honor the Lord, you will have a fear of him. If you truly fear the Lord, you must have a faithfulness to his word. Now, you can love God's word like the Pharisees did in an idolatry sense, bibliology, where you're worshiping the pages. You can love the Bible but miss out on God, but you cannot love God and miss out on his word. If you truly love God, you will have a faithfulness for his word. This is what we're seeing in David right here. The fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous Altogether, so so. Let the word go out today. God is speaking. What's He saying? He's saying it very clearly. He's saying this: My voice is heard through my word. My word is awesome because I have caused my word to be supernatural, wisdom-giving, life-changing, and joy-producing. And so, God is speaking. And again, are we listening? Charles Spurgeon. He he says this, it was just so perfect for this series of God speaking. He says, this volume, which is the Bible, is the writing of the living God. Each letter was penned with an almighty finger. Each word in it dropped from the everlasting lips. Each sentence dictated by the Holy Spirit. Everywhere I find God speaking, it is God's voice. Everywhere. Not man's. The words are God's words. The words of the eternal, the invisible, the almighty, the Jehovah of the earth. The word of God is God speaking to his church and we can never close this book if we want to truly love our God. Supernatural, wisdom-giving, life-changing, joy-producing. I love that string of words. It blesses my soul. And here's the second point then. If the word of God is, and it is supernatural, wisdom-giving, life-changing, joy-producing, then obviously number two must come. Therefore then, the Lord, the word of God must be greatly valued. If the word of God is what it says it is. And it says what God does. Then of course we must place immense value on it because there's no other book like it. There is no other way to hear the voice of God. So it must hold and naturally such huge value in my life for the right reasons. Verse 10, more to be desired. Are they what's they, they is law of the Lord, testimony of the Lord, precepts of the Lord, commandment of the Lord, fear of the Lord, rules of the Lord, more to be desired. Is the word of God than gold, even much fine gold? So, how do we value the word of the Lord? We value it when we desire it more than money, when we desire it more than gold. Remember, David, who wrote this, was a fabulously wealthy man. Of course, he was king, and the king literally had it all. Yet, he was wise enough to know and apparently live that God's word holds greater value than gold than money notice that the in verse 10 it says even just to clarify he says even much fine gold even tons of money the key word in this verse is the word desire it's what david desired His desire was for the Lord. Therefore, his desire was for the word of the Lord because he loves the Lord through the word of the Lord. So it's no coincidence then that the title that the Bible gives David is a man after God's own heart. David was a man fired up with passion and hunger for the Lord. And if he's truly fired up and passionate for the Lord, then of course, he's a man who's hungry for the word. And what David's heart does, it reveals his desire, but ultimately his desires reveal his heart. You see, you can't desire God and not desire his word. Now, I think when we look at verse 10 and we say, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. I think most most of us would agree today that the word of God holds more value than money. And the word of God holds more value than much fine money. But can we be honest? I think honesty is a good thing in church. Can we be honest that probably very few of us are actually living this out on a day-to-day basis, myself included? Like really living out in such a way with affections and desires and time and thoughts and energy that we live in such a way that the Bible, the word of God has more value than a whole lot of money in our bank accounts. Why is that? Why is that rare among Christians in this nation? Well, the problem is, once again, our theology. Or we might agree with this theology, but we don't actually live it out from this theology. But see, that's why God has given us his word, because he gives us passages like this, that renew our minds to what's actually right again. And so right now, God is speaking to many of you and me, this week included, and he's saying, my child, my Bible is worth more than all the money you could ever want and ever have. My Bible has more value of eternal implications than anything this world can produce through money. And right now, he's confronting you in love where you are and me, and he's saying, do you want to live a life where that is proven with your life? Do you believe that you can live a life where you actually value God's word more than riches of this earth? He's speaking to you and he's inviting you to repent of sin, to turn from the idols and to begin the path now that is right and correct and pure, that God's word is to be desired more than gold. Because again, think about it. Like when we live our lives for gold or money, what are we doing? I mean, can gold or money revive our souls? gold or money give us wisdom? Can it rejoice the heart? Can it enlighten the eyes? Can it endure forever? No, of course not. But the word of God can and does. So I've stood beside a lot of hospital beds in my day of people in their last days. And you know what I've never heard? I've never heard someone say, pastor, come over here. Can you count my money for me again, please? Just, just count it again. I want to hear it. I've never, ever been asked to do that. But many, many times I've heard, pastor, can you read me the word of God? Robbie, can you tell me again the reality of what this life is really about and the beauty of my Savior, Jesus Christ? Hey, let's be wise. Let's learn from those who have gone before us. You will not end up on the hospital bed when your days are coming to end. You will not be concerned with counting your money. You will be concerned with counting the riches of the inheritance of Jesus Christ, given to you by grace because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his blood shed for you on the cross. Lord, help us again. I'm not up here right now, man. Saying this for you, I'm saying I'm with you right now. Saying, God, help us to live more in what we know is true. We know this is true. We know the word of God has more value than money. God, help us to live in such a way. Then, free us, Lord, from the bondage of materialism and lies and false thinking. Set us free to live in the freedom that the word of God is more desired than gold and. Why do we value it? Well, we value God's word. Here's the second reason, because it's way sweeter than honey. Way sweeter than honey. Verse 10, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. So now David's saying, when it comes to pleasure... And God's word is greater than pleasure, than, than, than physical pleasure, than, than physical taste. Honey was the great delicacy of David's time. When a reader heard drippings of a honeycomb, they'd be like, oh, I'm so hungry. Like they'd start salivating because it's the, it's the again, the delicacy of what they wanted, the drippings, like just even picture the drippings of the people that you sit there going, oh, give me some, give me some, right? And he's saying the word of God is way sweeter than the greatest pleasures that we can find. The word of God satisfies so much more than any physical pleasure or physical taste. But again, the question I ask, if that is true, then why are so few seemingly living this out again? What's the problem, right? You always get, get from the fruit to the root. The fruit are the symptoms of what's going on, but what is the root issue of what's going on? Why don't we hunger more for God's word if it is way sweeter than the greatest physical pleasure we can find specifically in regards to food here proverbs 27 7 one who is full loaths honey but to the one who is hungry everything bitter is sweet i've always loved this verse because it's so true very packed with wisdom so think about this here's the point of this one who is full loaths honey so um, how many of you have ever, after eating a huge meal, have been bloated? Anyone ever been bloated? That's right. Don't leave me hanging up here in the back sections, all right? All right? All right? So you had this huge meal, and you all of a sudden get very bloated, and the moment you are bloated, you're just like, ugh. All right? You're like, ah, oh, the idea, hey, do you want another piece of pie? The very thing that you were just a few minutes ago, Longing for and lusting after now is revolting to you. Oh no! Get it all away! I can't eat another because you are bloated. You have filled yourself so much the appetite is gone. But conversely, the person who is starving, as we like to say, "I'm I'm famished." When you are famished and I've been famished at least once a day for the last you know, several hundred days, you know, at some point, right? And you are famished, what happens? You will seemingly eat anything. You will eat crackers with dirt on them and stuff. You know, you will, you will gladly take, because you're just so hungry that it doesn't matter if it's bitter, all of a sudden it's made sweet. Here's the point of, I think, Proverbs, and here's the point applies to us today. If we fill ourselves, if we become bloated with the pleasures of the world, we will have no appetite for the things of God. If we leave room for hunger for the things, and listen, pleasures of the world are not wrong as long as they don't bloat up, fill us. Like we're consumed with the idolatry of the heart. God has given us all things to richly enjoy. But if that's all we're living for, bloated. And if you're consumed with the world and walking around, you have no appetite for the things of God. See, there has never been a person who is walking around bloated with the world and hungry for God. I mean, just just get that in your heart and mind right now. There's never ever been a person who is bloated with the world and at the same time hungry for God. It's impossible. It's impossible. So if you're filled with the world and you don't have a hunger for God, that's your answer. So you have to remove things to make some room so the appetite and the hunger for the Lord is there. Ironically, that's why fasting can be so powerful. Fasting is literally removing food from your body or not choosing so you can replace that with a spiritual hunger for the things that matter most. See, when you hunger for him, you long for his voice. And when you long for his voice, then you long for his word. You cannot live the Christian life apart from the word of God. And the voice of God says to you today, okay, the voice of God, God is speaking, and clearly he's saying to you today, my word is way sweeter than honey. Okay, translation, my word is way better tasting than sizzling steak. Okay, like just receive that today, steak lovers. Okay, my word is way, way better than chocolate. Some of you are chocolate We'll call that, all right? My word is way better than ice cream. Why am I saying these foods? Because I Googled the top 10 favorite foods and these are what came up, all right? <laughs> uh, my word is way better than, um, way more tasty than, uh, than pizza. That was one of them too. Some of you are vegetarians, so my word is way more better than whatever vegetarian meal you find really exciting, all right, <laughs> all right, all right? But this is, this, is, this is what God is saying to you today. Like you and I know the appetite and the cravings of our souls, whether it be for coffee or dessert or some kind of meal. We know how much we're like, yeah. God says, you can be more so for me. And that can actually happen. Now you're gonna have good days and bad days. But ultimately, again, my mind's being renewed because God's speaking to my heart. And I love the moments in my life where I can't wait to go to bed because I can't wait to wake up because I can't wait to meet my God in his word to hear his voice. Those are the best times of my life, it seems, because everything else changes because of that. Way sweeter than honey. And let's quickly go through our last point here. The word of the Lord is so valuable because it carries the best benefits around. The best benefits around. Look at these benefits. Verse 11, moreover, by them, your servant is warned by the word of God, my My servant is warned, and in keeping them, there is great reward. David says, moreover, I'm not done yet. God's word's so amazing, there is more here. Believers are protected by the word of God. So the word of God warns us for the dangers of life. The word of God is like a a flashing sign, yellow caution saying, Be careful, bridge out ahead. That's a a helpful warning. I'll agree with that. It's a helpful warning to see that there, that we will proceed now with caution or not proceed at all. I grew up as a kid on on the waters of Georgian Bay. My grandfather grew up in Penetanguishene and he was a pastor of small churches throughout Ontario and that was his hometown and he inherited a cottage from his, his brother who died prematurely. But all that to say, we had this, Humble, modest cottage, and now my, my family uh, still has a place there and, and uh, on Georgian Bay. But Georgian Bay, if you've ever seen that body of water, I, I love it. But it is, it, is, it is treacherous if you don't have a map. Um, it, is, it is infamous for rocky shoals everywhere. It's like seemingly there's 100 feet of water, and then right beside you, there's a, a shoal. And if you don't know where you're going on the boat, man, it, it's over. So I have grown up watching boats crash into rocks all the time. You're on the shoreline and you're like, go away, go away. And they're like, hey, you know? <laughs> and you're like, no. And then sure enough, smash! Prop on the rocks. And so while I'm out boating these days, I am very thankful for channel markers. Because the channel markers say you can go this way, but if you go right or left, you're done. And I have tremendous respect and thankfulness. That's the word of God in our life. I Man, the word of God is like, you can go here, but if you go there and there, you're done. So you stay right here. I mean, this is what it's saying. It warns us. The word of God is warning signs in all sorts of ways. I mean, just think about it to avoid the danger of sin, the danger of Satan, the danger of believing the lies of the world. I mean, all the time you have to be aware. You think you know the danger, but then the next day you've been all to sleep again and you need to see the warning sign again. Be careful, you're going to slip and fall. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to bang your head. You're going to be caught by fire. That's poisonous. Here's some examples of some warning signs that the Bible gives. I mean, these are just all, like, I mean, God's word says you can do that, but you can, you're, you're going to fall. Like, just, like that's going to happen. You're going to smash your head. You're, you're going to slip. You're, this is what God's word is doing for us all the time. I, I came across um, this warning sign this week, and I just had to take a picture of it and, um, and show you because, um, because I hate poison ivy because I seemingly just look at poison ivy and we go like, we stare at each other and it goes, and it gets me. That's kind of what happens, you know? And then I get it's on me for like a month and it spreads and it's just awful, right? So I see this sign. I'm so thankful for that beware sign because I'm like, you know, like any other direction. That's what the word of God does for my life, man. It's like, you can cross this path right now, but you're gonna get burned as you do it. See what God's word does for you. You remember, the commandments of the Lord are not burdensome. When God is telling us not to do something, it's because he loves us. It's not to make our life boring. It's to make our life awesome in him. Always remember that. Get that theology in your head. The best benefits around a warning, a warning sign for us. And then notice this, the last thing in keeping them, there is great reward. Notice in keeping them, not for keeping them. It's not God. I did my duty today. Give me some reward. Now he's like, okay. Here you go. Here's, here's some allowance for you. That's not how it works, man. It's, it's as I keep them in keeping them in obedience, there's reward. That's the blessing of today. As you are faithful to the word of God, there is reward inherently found in that obedience to the word. What does that mean? Well, well, peace of mind. One author said a, a clean conscience or a peace of mind is like a little heaven. When you carry peace within your life and heart, it's like a little bit of heaven. That's so true, isn't it? You know, the power of a clean conscience. You know those people when they're guilty and they're just like this, everywhere they walk, every conversation they think something, they know me, I mean, that's horrific to live in that way. You know when you, you, you cross the border and you're being asked questions and maybe you haven't fully declared everything, you're like, oh, I'm going to jail, I'm going to jail, I'm going to jail. Right? That's because your conscience is not clean or clear. But when you're there and everything's declared or you got nothing to declare and it's all true, you're just like, go ahead, man, ask whatever you want because I'm good. When people falsely accuse us, but your conscience is clean. Times in my life where I've been falsely accused, you know, and just the things that, you don't really understand, and even just, just, just recently. Some person, I don't even know, and a friend of mine sat down and just say, this person has written this, and you're, you're listening, and you're just like, whatever's about to be said right now, I mean, it's just amazing the power of this moment. Whatever's about to be said right now, I'm good, man, because I know I stand clean before the Lord. So whatever happens in that moment, it does not matter to me because I know I will be in God's will because I am right before my God. That is so powerful. That's the reward of keeping the law of the Lord. And it goes on and on and on and on. That's what God does. He blesses us. It rejoices our heart. The kindness and generosity, the rewards that are found in the ways of Jesus Christ. You know, I say to myself, I say to my kids often, I say to you, I say the ways of Jesus Christ just work. They just work. Do them and they will work because they are right, because they are true, because they are pure, because they are perfect, because they are sure. The blessings, the blessings, the blessings. Loved ones, God says today, God is speaking today and he says today, you can't live the Christian life apart from the voice of God. And here, fundamentally and primarily, is the voice of God.
1: If you'd like to hear this message again, or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.